A very happy Easter to you all. I enjoyed the confusion during the gospel reading as you searched for what on earth Deacon Dan was reading. We read the gospel from the Easter vigil last night, which some of you got and some of you didn't, and now you know how these poor woman, women felt on the Easter morning when things did not go according to their plans and they showed up to an empty tomb and they were puzzled and they said to themselves, what's going on? Easter is a puzzling thing, even for the disciples of Jesus. Because those of us who follow him and who know him think that he's quite predictable. And yet there's always something that surprises us. Jesus came to bring new life, but that doesn't mean what we think it means. It certainly didn't mean what the first disciples thought it would mean. They were expecting freedom, freedom from the Romans. They were expecting power, earthly power. They were expecting a new life, like one who immigrates to a freer country. And so they were puzzled on Good Friday when they watched their hope die. They were puzzled even further when they came with love and devotion on that Easter morning and found an empty tomb and a messenger from the Lord asking why they seek the living among the dead. And when Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, go to tell the apostles this, they did not believe them. The apostles, how many times had Jesus spoken about his death and resurrection? How many times had he told them, do not be afraid? how close they were to him. And yet, in this moment, their story seemed like nonsense because it didn't fit with the picture of the Messiah that they had. Because Jesus' plan was bigger and better. Jesus came to give them new life, for sure. He came to give them freedom, and power, but not according to the ways of this world. The first disciples, and if we're honest, some of us, expect Jesus to give us simply more of the same. Even in times past, people looked at a long life as a blessing from God and a short life as a curse from him. Meanwhile, God wishes to give us eternal life such that any amount of time on this earth seems like a blip on the radar. They expected freedom from their oppressors. Meanwhile, God had planned freedom from the oppressor, 
Freedom from the sin in our lives, the evil influence, our own corruption that holds us back, that enslaves us to a mediocre life at best. They expected power, but they couldn't fathom the kind of power that could raise the dead. Jesus doesn't come to give us more of the same. This is why St. Paul talks about yeast in today's second reading. Because yeast changes the whole nature of the dough. And so he says, throw out the old yeast. You've used that before. It was served its purpose. But Jesus wants to do something new. New yeast, which lifts you up, which leavens your life here on earth, and one day shall lift you up where Christ has gone before. Jesus doesn't come to give us more life. He comes to give us new life, the fullness of life. That's one of the many powerful moments in the film, The Passion of the Christ. If you've seen that, if you haven't, you ought to. Where, I suppose it was Mel Gibson, I think he wrote it, puts into Jesus' words, into Jesus' mouth, the words of God from the book of Revelation. But he puts them in the mouth of Jesus on the road to Calvary. At the station of the cross we are familiar with, where Jesus meets his mother, in the film, Jesus looks her in the eye and says, See, mother, I make all things new. Because to make everything new meant a death to what is old. A death to the old way of life in the beginning of a new kind of life. After Holy Communion today, we'll sing a song that some of you have heard before, but listen closely to those resurrection lyrics. As he stands in victory, sin's curse has lost its grip on me. That's freedom. That's freedom that no earthly power can give that no military might can bring about. Interior freedom gives us peace and joy even in the midst of others who oppress, even in the midst of a broken world. Because in the depths of who I am, I am free. No guilt in life, no fear of death. That is the power of Christ in me. What power Jesus gives us, risen from the dead, that we no longer have to fear death. Jerry Seinfeld once said, so it must be true, <laughs> that the number one fear in the world is public speaking, and the number two fear is death. So you'd rather be dead than giving the homily this morning, according to Jerry. 
I don't know what Jesus did to overcome the fear of power, public speaking, but he has vanquished the fear of death. Jokes aside, that's the worst thing that we can think of from our earthly mentality. Without a vision of heaven, this is all we've got. And so if this comes to an end, then we've lost everything. And so we fear death. We'll do anything to prolong life. But now that Jesus has defeated death, that we encounter him risen from the death, as he stands alive today in victory, there is no more fear of death. That's why St. Paul says with great confidence, whether I live or I die, I am the Lord's. It is great joy to gather and celebrate the resurrection. For Christ has come to give us power. For the greatest enemy, death, has been conquered. Christ has come to give us freedom from the old yeast of our old way of life. And he says, something new is possible for you. Behold, I make all things new for you. And Christ has indeed come to give us life. Many of us rejoice today because of the end of a long Lent. Either a long 40 days or maybe a more metaphorical Lent that's lasted even longer in your lives. And it's true to say that today, Lent comes to an end. But it's more important to shout from the top of our lungs that today is a new beginning. Today is the beginning of new life. For Jesus has risen from the dead. Alleluia, alleluia.